Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You've always known my story, that when I was 10 years old, I was in a plane crash and lost my mom, dad, and my brother. Because of the burns I sustained to my face and body, for years I was bullied how I looked. At times it made me anxious and depressed. At times it made me feel really low. With you though, I've always just been thorsy. Welcome to Love Letter to My Friend, the podcast where friends write and share letters of love and thanks with each other. Hosted by me, Lisa Smazarski, And her friend, Alex Walker. Today we're joined by Tulsi Vadjiani, an ambassador for Changing Faces, the UK's leading charity for everyone who has a mark, scar or condition that makes them look different, and her best friend, criminology student Carissa Vadjiani. Tulsi and Carissa have been friends for almost 20 years. In fact, since the day Carissa was born. Tulsi and Carissa are cousins, and despite the 19-year age gap, became inseparable best friends. When Tulsi was 10 years old, she was in a plane crash in which she lost her immediate family. Tulsi sustained second and third degree burns to 45% of her face and body. For years, Tulsi was bullied for how she looked, which affected her mental health and led to feelings of low self-worth. Tulsi says that throughout her recovery, she was affected by the negative reactions of others. Every day, people stare at me. It's getting people to be aware of how that makes someone with a disfigurement feel. Having a disfigurement means never having a day off. But when she's with Carissa, life is different and she can just be her real self. Tulsi and Carissa are joining us today to share more about their unique and special bond. Tulsi and Carissa, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us. So, Tulsi, how are you feeling about reading your letter out today? I'm actually really excited because... Obviously, me and Chris know each other really well. She's really nervous because she doesn't know what I'm going to write. <laughs> and I think what I've written probably will shock her because she's going to be like, oh, my gosh, you do have an emotional heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I take it you're not a uh, big sharers of emotion normally then? No, no. <laughs> Carissa, how are you feeling? Is it making you feel nervous? Oh, I'm a bit nervous to hear what she's written. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's get those nerves ready because I think it's time to share the letter. Shall we uh, give it over to you, Tulsi? Okay, great. Thank you so much. Okay, good luck, Carissa. Oh, God. Okay. Dear Carissa, it seems surreal to be writing you a letter. Chrissy, but it makes me wonder why we haven't done something like this before. 
It's been over 19 years since we first met. Although you may not remember our first meeting, you're a gorgeous, tiny, cute baby that I got to hold first. It was love at first sight, and we have been inseparable ever since. I cried my eyes out when you left for university, but knowing you were ready to fly on your own was also a significant reminder of how strong our bond was and always will be. I knew we'd remain just as close, despite the distance, because there hasn't been any day where we haven't spoken or connected in some way. Even when we are millions of miles apart, we still somehow manage to be there for each other. You are my favourite person ever, and being around you makes me feel amazing. We have our own eye language where we know what each other is thinking or wanting to say without having to speak, which is a rare connection. There are many incredible moments and memories, the laughter, the need to want to see each other and all-round companionship. It's almost too hard to focus on just one or two memories, as there have been so many special times. My favourite times are when we laugh so hard, cannot breathe, or tears are streaming to the point we have to walk away from each other. <laughs> what makes my heart feel full is that those who are close to us know we come as a pair. There is no K without T and vice versa. You've always known my story, that when I was 10 years old, I was in a plane crash and lost my mum, dad and my brother. Because of the burns I sustained to my face and body, for years I was bullied for how I looked. At times it made me anxious and depressed. At times it made me feel really low. With you though, I've always just been thorsy. You see my visible differences, my scars, as a part of me, and I know you love me for who I am. I do know that you feel it too when people stare or make comments. Having you believe in me and knowing that you're behind me when I speak out and challenge those negative attitudes, it gives me strength. You give me strength. A really special memory I have of us is when you were six years old and you made me a cardboard dolly. It was a really difficult time as I was very ill and I had to go on dialysis as my kidneys started to fail. Watching me go in and out of hospital must have been quite scary, especially as you were so young, but you made me this dolly so that I wouldn't be scared. You said that she would be taking care of me when you couldn't. Remembering this, it still blows me away and I've never forgotten. We called her Miss Polly Molly and she still sits on my shelf. It's a reminder to never give up and have faith that I'll always be taken care of. There is a long list of all the roles you became that you are when you're with me. We laugh about it, but I wouldn't want anyone else to do these as you do them best. From PA to bag a handler, best friend, sister, confidant, photographer, social media teacher, yes, I still need that, critique, counsellor, and even sometimes my mother. By the way, the telling off can be quite scary. You are my all-round everything. You help me feel centred and grounded. You are my safe space. I'm so proud of the young woman you have become. You always knew who you were, even from a young age, but now I see you really coming into your own. I love how so many of your friends look up to you for inspiration and guidance. 
You have watched me go through a lot over the years and I never took for granted just how much you've been there for me. Despite working through your own emotions, you always showed maturity and compassion. You remind me daily to step up as a true authentic self. Being a strong, resilient woman is hard sometimes, especially in our culture and upbringing in the South Asian community. But I know I need to sometimes speak out so that it's easy for you to shine your true light. I particularly love it when you challenge old traditional thoughts and behaviours in your unique way. It makes me feel reassured that you'll always be okay. The bond we share is like no other. I wouldn't be without it except maybe you could tone down the bossiness. <laughs> I love you crazy loads. Thank you for being my friend. <laughs> Tulsi, thank you. That was so lovely. It was really, really lovely. Thank you. Yeah, she cried. <laughs> <laughs> and your work here is done. Really so. do. <laughs> How are you feeling, Carissa? Oh, that was so, so cute. <laughs> See, I can do it. You can, you can. Is it surprising to hear all those lovely things about yourself? Especially from someone who you say that may not always be that um, forthcoming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really nice. It was like just hearing about some of the random things she said. I was like, it just takes me back to like, for example, with the doll. For like, I just thought about when she came back from Australia one time after leaving me for ages. Let me just say, and um, I remember she landed so late, so I came into her room to leave a little welcome back sign and I, I remember just leaving the doll there as well just for her to come home and see that when he talked about the doll I just thought that like and how was the process for you to write it Tulsi you know what it was so good because when uh, Jill you know who we both know she asked me to do this and who would you write this letter to obviously when it says a friend so you know you just think somebody external that's not related but for me, my best friend is Carissa. So when I did have to write that letter, to be honest, it took me, what, 20 minutes because it was so effortless and easy. But the only hard thing is knowing which memory to choose because there's obviously so many. But that Dolly one comes to mind because although she was six when I think she made it, but every time I see it, it's kind of a reminder for me never to give up because I know who's looking up at me. So that memory just came in and, like, in 20 minutes I wrote that letter I did say to Carissa like you probably might get teary because it's not something I would normally say to her mm. I mean we say nice things to each other don't get me wrong but we're always just laughing and probably cussing each other more than we probably saying nice <laughs> things <laughs> so she probably you know to write in such a way I know it was going to be a shock for Carissa one of the things that struck me was you were 19 when Carissa was born and yet you've obviously developed this relationship where you feel like such equals and you say that she actually tells you off but you know she bosses you around what do you think at that age when she came into your life did you really feel like that you know she's this person you needed the love and you just had all that love to give her yeah so my auntie they were very very close and she asked me to be there in the delivery suite with her yeah so Chris's birth was one of the first I got to see and so 
my auntie said you can hold her so I held her first and literally it's so you know if anyone's been a mom you know people just generally say love at first sight and you think what does that even mean but I think that's exactly what this was and the commitment I made to Chris without knowing that's what I was going to do I was literally like a second mom because I just I just wanted to be around her all the time like I used to put her in the car seat and we just go off on a road trip go shopping together you know I just did everything for with her and yeah we have been inseparable so how does that make you feel Carissa hearing that because that's pretty special what Tulsi's saying there um <laughs> it's cute really. like I know we've always been inseparable like even every family member they just know where she goes I'm gonna end up coming where I go she's gonna end up being there it's just us two always together even when I was younger I remember like a car trip would just end up in Galleons like shopping in our local mall <laughs> I just know we're with her when my mum calls she knows who to call to find out where I am yeah does she feel like a, a second mum or does she feel like a friend she's both like there's times where our role switch she's you know when you need that advice like she can give that motherly advice but also you know when you kind of need to talk to a friend there's certain things you can only tell a friend like She's there for that as well. She's just everything mixed in one. And at what point did your relationship evolve, I guess, from you being the person, Tulsi, who looked after Carissa, you took her shopping, to being, you know, the friends that you are today where you did kind of offer each other advice? Was there a real pivotal moment or did it just happen organically? Uh, for me, I think it's always been there. For me, Carissa's always been a reminder of how I need to step up my game of how I represent myself because not just culturally, but you know, as a young woman who's going to be growing up to become a young woman, I didn't want her to face some of the stigmas or challenges that I've had to go through. But I think it was probably when she went into secondary school because now we're adolescence happening, other changes happening, different types of friendships compared to primary school. And that's when I needed to know when I'm going to be that motherly figure as opposed to a friend figure. But I think maybe when you were just before you were going to go university, I think that's when it hit. Yeah. Yeah. Like secondary is when it kind of, yeah, became more like friend, like it was that differentiate between mother and friend. And it's just ever since then, as I've gotten older and older, more teenager. Did you give her a lot of advice about how to handle high school and, and university? The only thing, and she's going to dread me saying this, but when she started secondary school, going into like a, you know, single sex school, I've always said to her, be whoever you need to be. And if like you are attracted to a girl or woman, it's not an issue. I'll still love you. Like, and I know that wasn't to say off you go and have relationships, but it was giving her that freedom to just be you, show up as you. And that's what she was throughout school. So even her friends, the Carissa they know now is the Carissa was then as well, you know, very consistent. And that's, you know, down to her grounding. But when it came to university, it was the same thing, like just go and have fun, do things because you know yourself, but don't limit yourself as well because university is a time to explore yourself in a very different way to school, obviously. But just knowing that I'm always going to be there not judgmental, but that support, you know, if she needed it. That must have been a really powerful thing to have somebody who was older in your life, but who 
treat you more as an equal and who could really, really look out for you. Not in the way that, you know, our parents, they're always scared, but somebody who can offer you advice, but advice that is all about you having the best time. I mean, yeah, like you could even see it. I was different to obviously, not very, not I'm saying different, different, but those to my age, like I, just knowing there was someone much more older I could go to who also like, she wasn't there to judge me when I needed to tell her stuff. Like I would tell her, all sorts of gossip and everything and she'll just listen as a friend and you know she'll gossip back with me it was just nice obviously to have that mature person there. Uh, Tulsi you use the expression someone looking up at you you've used that a couple of times now which I thought was really interesting and stands out to me has Carissa's role in your life changed who you have become as a person? Absolutely so when I was growing up kind of things I used to give advice to to Carissa was a little bit from the old school way of I grew up but as she started to hit middle teenage, like 15, I realized that even some of those limitations I was putting on her wasn't right because I was healing too in my journey. And now it's like we both have a niece, you know, mutual to us. We both step up our game so that our niece is this kind of warrior woman growing up. You know, she's very self-assured. She's confident. Um, not arrogant, but she's very compassionate. So I have to keep stepping up my game so that both of them can show up in their generation and that they can be that light amongst their friends and their peers. So, yeah, I always have to keep stepping up my game, you know, because it's not just Carissa is looking up at me, it's my niece as well. And my niece looks up at Carissa. So for me, that's my work as well that's gone into that. I love that idea of looking at yourself through someone else's eyes. It's really beautiful. Thank you. Tulsi, you went through such a devastating event when you were just 10, losing your parents and your brother. Did Carissa's arrival in the world feel like a way of rebuilding family to you, rebuilding something to hold on to? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Carissa's mum, you know, me and her very close. She was literally my second mum after my accident. And even before the accident, we've always been together. But after my accident, Carissa's mum was there for my hospital appointments, everything. So when Carissa did arrive, it was almost so natural that my aunt gave me that, you know, as a mum, somebody else looking after your child, obviously it's a little bit strange, but my aunt never saw that. She was just like, here you go, here's this baby, you know, and she trusted me. And she's never questioned me. She's never been like, whoa, what are you doing with my child? You're so invested. But also, you know, fast forward where I am now, like I physically can't have children, but I've made peace with that. But I think along the way, the universe was delivering this kind of mother role that I was able to play from a young age, well, from when Chris was born. So I feel really blessed I had that moment to give complete unconditional love, like a mum would to a child, without me feeling like I've missed out. So yeah, so for me, I think it's kind of given me that faith of family, how does that make you feel, Carissa, to hear that? I don't see you all happy and giddy. I mean, I remember when I was younger, and I still told her when I was older, that I'm the only child she can have. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I was like, listen, like it's just me. I'm the only child. I cannot share you. No. <laughs> you don't want to share at all, yeah. <laughs> can't. What were your friendships like before Carissa was born? From what I've read, obviously, your childhood will have been, you know, taken up by a lot of pain, a lot of surgeries. How was it forming friendships for you during that period? 
so I kept thinking when I was 10, like all my friends, when I was in primary school, the Tulsi they saw before the accident to Tulsi after, it's different. And I had to go into a mindset of a 10 year old, someone who looks different. How do you deal with your friend who looks different? It's not like they've got a different hair color or they've grown in height. Their physical appearance has changed. But you know what? They still remained my friends. They're still my friends now. Secondary school, majority of the friends I've had are still good friends now. But I think in terms of forming a close bond, I didn't let anyone too close to me. Because again, it was like feeling ashamed or, you know, not liking the way I look. So why would I want someone to be coming too close to me if I didn't like the way I looked? They're probably judging me, even though they weren't. But I just kept that safe barrier. So I think the fact when Carissa was born, a couple of those barriers kind of just dropped naturally without me realizing. Because love of that level, as you know, if you've had children, is they just look at you as this caring role. They don't look at you if you've got short hair, long hair, if you're five foot nothing, ten foot nothing. You know, they don't care about those things. They just care about how you're going to take care of them. And that's what it was with Carissa. It wasn't until much later in Carissa's life that she even knew what happened to me. She never even looked at me different because for her, this is all she's known. But I've had conversations with her mum to say, has she ever asked you why Tulsi looks different? She goes, no, she's never had to have a conversation. So I think it was one of my public speaking talks that she came to much later on that she actually heard the full story. And that's because she's never asked or never saw me as something different, which it's pure love, isn't it? Because someone who doesn't ask you what's happened to you, what's going on, they just feel the love. I think that's why we're so connected and so special. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Carissa, was there a point as you did get older that you did realize and did you experience any of the prejudice that Tulsi might have experienced and feel extremely protective of her because of that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a time where 
like you know you get people who stare there was a time I used to just stare back at people make them feel uncomfortable I mean it still happens <laughs> I'm very, I'm always, when I'm with her I'm always like who's staring why are you staring always staring back at them like like she said I've never questioned that it was just there was a time where she must have sent me like one of her articles that she'd written and I read it and but even then it wasn't like it was just I didn't need to question anything she was she's just see that's it has your friendship with carissa changed your confidence and your self-esteem you talked about your healing journey how much has carissa been part of that for you oh absolutely she's been massive part you know anything like with me and carissa anything that we're doing we tell each other so you know a lot of my healing journey started when i started to have reiki treatment um, about nine ten years ago talking to carissa about some of the stuff I might have experienced, people staring at me, all of those things. And she'd always say to me, but you're amazing as you are, so why are you so worried? Like, I remember this really strange conversation about a breakup that I had. It was a really silly, uh, casual relationship I was in. And when I broke up, she goes, so why are you worried for? You're so much better than him, you know? And it was like, she was 11 at the time. I'm like, oh my God, it's like, we all need a Carissa in our life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like... I've got some problems. You... I'm going to start talking to you about them. And... <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, she's just like, you don't need him. You're better than him. And it was like, she's 11. That's something an older friend might have said mm. or a mother might have said to me. But she was saying that. And that's when I knew that I need to step up my game in my confidence because I've got a young girl who's looking up at me, although at that time she was more mature than I probably was. So she's kept me on my toes to be a better person, to be fair. Mm -hmm. But I think the confidence I've grown in is also the reason I want her to be confident, like to be able to stand up for herself in this world where we know, especially about women's safety, you know, like that's current yeah. news. Yeah. I don't ever want her to feel that she can't do something because she's a woman and there's so many things against her you know so that's kind of why I show up even though I might be you know scared inside or a bit nervous I do it because I don't want her to have a limited life you know you also had some real struggles more recently in your life with your kidney failure Carissa is that more fresh in your mind you you know you were part of that experience was that something that was really scary for you watching somebody who you love so much go through that it was, yeah. I remember every, like, before primary school every morning, I would come over and say hi like to my grandparents, to Dorsey. She used to be on the dialysis machine. I used to come in every morning. I used to just help her. Was it turn it on or off? Like with the Switch clip. Switch off, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that was the highlight of my morning, helping her do that. <laughs> and I used to leave her with Miss Polly, telling her to take care of her. But... I think when she had her transplant, I wasn't in UK, I was in India, so I didn't see obviously that side of it. But when I came back and I'd heard it, I was kind of like, oh God, I need to take care of her. Where is she? Is she at home? Is she okay? But every time she had gone hospital, I remember like I'd be the first one, I'd come and pack her hospital bag, like I'll make sure I'd go over there, make sure she's got her food. I just love taking care of her as well, yeah. How does it feel, Carissa, to watch someone you love so much have to endure so much? It's sad. Yeah, like, there's, obviously there's times where you feel like you can't, 
like it's a medical thing obviously I'll, like, the most I can do help her is like make sure she obviously goes hospital if she needs to like she's taken care of um, you know she's eaten but obviously it's kind of like she's more of a doctor than anyone is <laughs> she diagnoses me but um no it is sad like seeing her in pain but also from your letter, you know, you talk about laughing till you cry. You know, you, it seems like you have such a lovely, light, fun relationship and you say how easy it is. What do you both laugh at? What do you enjoy doing together? Everything. <laughs> do you think there's one thing we don't laugh at? Just silly things like prime example because it's fresh. The other day we were going out for a walk. It's like eight in the evening. And we couldn't decide, do we go left or right? So we did rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> so, and we're standing there arguing about rock, paper, scissors. And Carissa's brother from upstairs on the window, he recorded us doing this. So, and it's the kind of silly things that we would do. And then we'd laugh. It's like, no, it's your turn. It's your turn. And then we were like, we waste, not waste, but we procrastinate so much. And we just end up laughing and we don't we probably go round and round in circles. <laughs> or sometimes it'll be like I wear the most random outfit she goes you're really oh, gonna go wow. out like that I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> there are times where I'm like I cannot walk out with you leaving the house like that please <laughs> what what kind of outfits are we talking here she oh my god she's got this like fluffy hat she's <laughs> now got this matching gloves and scarf and there was that time we were I was curling my niece's hair she's sitting there and she's all of a sudden, she's picked up her gloves, scarf, hat. She's got this eye mask, which is fluffy as well. Bear in mind, it's so hot in the house. She's wearing one of this, <laughs> and she's just sitting there. And then she goes, oh, take a picture of me. So now half an hour has gone past. I've left my phone with her. I come back to my phone, and she's taken all these pictures on my phone because <laughs> I wasn't doing the job for her. And an hour later, she's still sitting there in all her fluffy gear. <laughs> Sweating, I imagine. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, she won, but she refused to take it off. But even, like, with the outfit, so I would come out, and she'd look at me, and she's like, you might want to go and change that. I'm like, I don't want to. She's like, no, but we're not going to walk together. I'm like, yes, we are. <laughs> Then I'll do like a little catwalk, walking down and go take pictures. And she's like, I cannot believe we're doing this in our local area. <laughs> in the snow, she did this to me. She walked, first of all, she like her ankle is just weak as it is. She walked out in the snow with heels on. And we're on our way to the shop. All we needed was like some Jaffa cakes, I think it was. She stopped me on our road. She goes, okay, take a picture of me. Wait, you're not serious, <laughs> honestly. Just like um, tangent here, but you talk in your letter about the South Asian community and how it can be quite hard growing up in that culture. And how has Carissa made you think more about this? How has, you know, seeing somebody 19 years younger than you and, and thinking about what they might experience, how's that changed your approach to it yourself? I think for me, like, because obviously I'm that many more generations older than Carissa, our social community was us as our community like so our south asian community so if you had friends from school we weren't always allowed to hang out with so it was really difficult and i didn't want that for carissa because you know if we're living in a world we want inclusivity and diversity if i'm not showing up that for carissa i don't want her growing up limiting with just south asian friends or no friends so it was always like you know 
just be yourself and she does you know she has friends from all communities and from all around the world really but for me it was really different my dialogue growing up was very negative negative narratives like you know who's gonna marry you because the way you look I was I was 10 that was put on me at the age of 10 like at the age of 10 thinking about marriage when you just about lost your whole family your whole identity so I vowed that that's not something that she should be growing up with like hitting a certain age and having to worry about who she's going to marry like you know me and her laugh about it now I think we'll probably end up living together because I think we'll just always be single because I feel comfortable knowing that she can handle her own even in a community where still now we have a lot of limitations but she doesn't let that stop her from pursuing her goals and her dreams whereas me at that age it wasn't the case you know it seems like you've taken all the difficult experiences that you had when you were young and just tried as hard as you can to make sure she doesn't have to experience any of the things that you did yeah which is lovely I just wanted to pick up on a point you made in your letter because you use the expression, you are my safe space, which I just thought was really powerful, actually. Can you tell us what that safe space feels like? What does that mean to you? I think it's for me is she just accepts me as I am. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to, you know, there's no airs and graces. As soon as we connect, even just getting a good morning message from her, it's like, you know, if you're waiting for that one text from that somebody like especially if it's a person you're getting to know in a relationship it's that gooey feeling it's that butterfly just even getting that is exciting now even if she's got nothing else to say except just good morning it's that excitement so she's that excitement that i need in the day obviously at the moment she's here in london because of the whole covid so i get to see her every day and i'm already dreading the fact she's going to be going back to bristol soon for university and already it's like what am I going to do so it's like that readjusting all the time but knowing that we're still going to connect with you know video call a phone call it's just that feeling that we just check in with each other every day. Mm. Carissa is uh, Tulsi your safe space? Oh definitely yeah I mean like it's even about talking about anything to her I just know like for example yesterday we went on a long walk like we just talked the whole way but it was kind of like I can tell her anything and it's just gonna be there with her and like it's just comfortable with her at all times there's never anything where I feel like I need to hide or it's just always open with her you just know she's there what's the best piece of advice she's ever given you oh god (laughs) oh best piece of advice (laughs) Well, I don't think it's that hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not like, she doesn't do one-liners where you're, you know, you get sometimes... You're you're the one-liners, I think. (laughs) Well, sometimes someone, like, someone be like, oh, my dad said this one line and it sticks with me for life. I mean, I, I, think, think... I have to say, I think hearing her sending you off to secondary school, saying if you fall in love with someone of the same oh, sex, that's pretty great advice. That. that's great advice. That's great advice. Every single day she reminds me it's okay, and I keep telling her I'm not, but she just keeps reminding me. So uh-huh. I guess it. it's the be authentic to yourself. That is the advice, isn't it? But even now, like when she was choosing her courses, I said, don't feel like this is it for life just think of it as a learning curve because obviously again growing up doing a degree was like as if 
that was my everything. So if I was going to be an accountant, it was going to be accountant for the rest of my life, right? Like we could never just change. And if we did, it was like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Why do you want to change careers? But I don't want that for Chris to just be fluid, enjoy it. It's a learning curve. You're only 19. It's like your life doesn't have to be defined now. And so even now, when she went to do her degree, I made sure, are you sure this is what you want? As in you want to go away, you want to experience life out. Don't feel like you have to be stuck if you're not happy. Come back if you, you know, not, whereas in our family, that would have been, right, now she's gone Bristol. She's got to endure it for the three, four years. Doesn't matter if she enjoys it or not. That's why I have to give her that it's okay. I'll still be here loving you, supporting you, no judgment, you know. Lovely. So I have one last question for you both um, before you go. Well, actually, it's two. I'm going to break it into two. First of all, what does friendship mean to you? It's a question to both of you. Tulsi? Friendship for me is someone who just loves you unconditionally, no judgment, are there for you when you need them, be it a phone call, you know, a little emoji or a little gift that they just thought about you. It could be a card, a letter, just someone who just wants to spend time with you. How about you, Carissa? Thank you. Oh, it's just someone, you know, you can always talk to, someone you're comfortable with and just someone you enjoy, like, spending all your time with, no matter what. And finally, your relationship has evolved so much over the 19 years since Carissa was born. What does your future friendship look like? I mean, I'm guessing Carissa's wearing the trousers now, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and judging your trousers as well. <laughs> Big time. Go on, Carissa, you go, can go first. Oh, God. I mean, we always talk about us two moving in together. I mean, I guess, yeah, I think that's going through us just living together. It's going to need to happen. But, I mean, we always talk about like our plans, like travelling together, just doing everything together, I guess, as we do now as well. But permanently together, that's the impression I'm getting. Chelsea, what does the future look like for you? Yeah, same. So I just see, you know, obviously I want to be like a global speaker and kind of, you know, spread my message that way. But I visualise Carissa being beside me, even if it's not in a physical form, but just knowing she's just there when I finish my talk. Even now, when I finish like a talk or even a podcast, she'll be the first person I ring and just be like, oh my God, I did it. And if she doesn't answer, it'll be like, I leave a voice note. But us living together, it just seems so natural. And even like whatever career Carissa goes into, whatever her path, I just know we'll always be traveling it together, you know? Yeah, that's wonderful. Carissa, are you uh, tempted to write a letter in return? Oh, I think I might, yeah. (laughs) I think you have to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your letter, Tulsi. It was lovely. And thank you so much, Carissa, for joining us too. I am about to write you a list of questions I need some advice on. (laughs) (laughs) Send them for you. (laughs) Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much again to Tulsi for writing and sharing her friendship love letter to Carissa. I have to say that was so inspiring and I think I'm going to take that concept of you are my safe space with me. Tulsi now uses her experiences to support others and raise awareness about the impact of appearance-related bullying and abuse. 
She is an ambassador for the charity Changing Faces, a motivational speaker, a Pilates rehabilitation specialist, and a Reiki grandmaster. If you want to access help or find more about the amazing work that they do, go to changingfaces.org.uk. If you too have been inspired to write a love letter to your friend, and we really hope you do because we are on a mission to reclaim love letters for the most important relationships in our lives, we want to read and hear yours. Hop on over to our Love Letter to My Friend account on Instagram and DM us your letters and voice notes, and we'll put our favourites in a future episode. We would like to ask you a friendly favour too. If you rate and review this podcast, it will really help us to reach more people. And don't forget, you can subscribe so you can hear more friends share their lovely love letters. Thanks for listening, friends. This series is created by hosts and friends, Lisa Smazarski and Alex Walker, and is an II Studios production. 